0: America's fastest-growing TV brand, TCL, brings you Mackie & Judd.
2: Johnson, Marcus and Buster Screen all out in the secondary, and they're looking for the big one. And it is a touchdown to who else but Adam Thielen. Well, they've just totally gotten away from the run game. And that's intercepted on a tip ball by Harrison Smith. Down the sideline, inside the 15, and dropped inside the 10. And now back to Latavius Murray, sniffing the end zone, and he will get there. 38-yard touchdown run for Latavius
1: Murray. I like Murray's, Manny's, like the steakhouses, yeah. I do like the restaurants. They're pretty good. I don't know if that has something to do with anything, but... Uh, okay. better restaurants. Oh well, I'm sure there's good food here too, so hopefully we get some of it here on the bus in a second.
0: Yeah. Okay. If that's the worst of it, uh, people, I got a bunch of angry emails from people who thought you and you and Matthew were too negative on VentLine yesterday.
1: Yeah, we actually got we actually got a uh, a phone call from Matt, can't Matthew. Correct, what? Manny? What?
0: Can't Matthew ever just be happy? First cousins.
1: Dan. Okay. Yeah. Dan. Dan
0: was the caller. Yeah.
1: And Dan Dan listens to our show. A lot. yeah. I know so that. I sent Dan a note back saying, hey, there are some genuine concerns here, but the way he's playing, they beat the teams that they should beat, so it's fine. But, you know, I appreciate the fact that you like the show, but Collar, Collar does a very good job. And Dan re- replied, Dan basically replied, I thought in a very fair way, saying, it's just that we had all these bad, awful quarterbacks for so long, okay, and this guy can win games. And I said, you know what? I totally get that.
0: So that I guess that would be my question at this point. So Kirk Cousins, the first drive was incredible, and that throw to Adam Thielen and the catch were incredible. And then you get like him wandering near the goal line, and it's almost oh. a safety, and that was definitely weird. So he's, he's not flawless, but to this point in the season, this dude is on pace. He's 70% completions. He's on pace for just under 5,000 yards passing, 30-plus touchdowns and fewer than 10 interceptions. He's got a more than 3-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio. His passer rating's over 100. He's he's top 10-ish in passer rating. QBR is in line. It's fringe top 10. I mean, if, if the only complaint about Kirk Cousins is, eh, he'll make a weird decision once in a while, and, you know, he's definitely not Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, if that's the worst thing you can say about him, I'm fine with that, and I think he's absolutely good enough to carry this team to where they want to go. And I don't like I'm I I'm not looking at Kirk Cousins saying, even though there are some things that make you scratch your head. I'm not looking at Kirk Cousins at this point saying we need more out of you, need more out of you. I say he's doing exactly what you signed him to do, even with some wonky things here and there. And it's up to the other aspects of this team to rise up in certain places. And we'll see against the Saints this weekend.
2: I don't think sorry, Judd. I. I I don't think we, I don't think they necessarily need more out of Kirk Cousins. I think they just need less of the things that we were concerned about yesterday. Because the problem is you can get away with doing things like that against the Arizona Cardinals and against the New York Jets, but against the Saints next week in Foxboro next month, if you have to go back into Los Angeles to play a playoff game, I mean, he can't do stuff like that because those games are going to be tighter. They're going to be tighter, tightly contested, where one move like that, throwing the ball backwards again into the ground, and thank goodness they recovered it. But what happens the next time he does something like that and it's not recovered and it's in a playoff game against the Saints and that ends up being the difference in the game? But we can live. That's our, my like, concern.
0: But that's that's Juddism right there too, which is like always well, looking at the thing that could go wrong. But right. here's the thing. If you if you have the worst defense in the NFL, which is what the Saints had for a long time, and you're Drew Brees, well, you better, you better complete 70% of your passes and throw for 5,000 yards or your team has no chance to win. But this team's back on track in a lot of ways defensively. This team is back to being the best third down defense in the NFL. And so if we're going to live our lives saying, boy, if Kirk Cousins does this, they're not going to win, I don't think that's accurate. I don't think he has to be perfect for them to do big things in the NFC. And yesterday was kind of an example of that. He did a lot of things that make you scratch your head, and they won a road game against a pretty good team, not a great team, but a competitive team that's going to compete for a 9-7 and record, and they pretty much dismantled them by three touchdowns.
1: If you want to be a playoff team, he's absolutely fine. If you want to win a Super Bowl, there are things that he has to clean up. It's that simple. He just can't. Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman jettisoned Case Keenum, based on the fact that they saw Keenum play, okay. and, and they thought to themselves, he's going to make the type of mistakes that are going to stop us from potentially winning a championship. But Keenum, Keenum's so, not throwing for 400 I get yards that. against I get the that. Rams, But though. Kirk Cousins can't be making, he can't make a few of the mistakes that he continues to make. But besides that, the, the signing was absolutely the right move. So what I want to see cleaned up is the fumbles... Eat the ball, throw the ball away. But beside but that becomes the most important thing is because if you if you subtract those from the equations of what can go wrong, you're in good shape. He's going to throw picks. Guys throw picks. So I am not saying that he has to be perfect. But there are certain things that we see from him and you say if those get cleaned up, this definitely has the potential to be an upper echelon Super Bowl type. Sure. of team.
0: See, and I I don't even I don't disagree. He's definitely not he's not playing perfectly and he's doing he's doing things that you kind of cringe pretty much every game. There's something that he does that you say, whoa, whether it's an interception or, or like we said, the the near safety. But I think his performance through seven games should be celebrated. How often in Vikings history, outside of Fran Tarkenton in the 70s, Brett Favre in 2009, and maybe one of the Dante Culpepper years, and the Randall Cunningham year, have you seen a guy playing like this? And, and now, granted, the rules help you. I'll... It 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 was harder to do this 20 years ago when you were, you know, when there was four quarterbacks who had a 90 passer rating. Mm-hmm. But I feel like his performance through seven games should absolutely be celebrated. It's what it's what you signed up for. He's probably giving you more than even you thought you were going to get from Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. And he has helped turn Adam Thielen into maybe the best wide receiver in the NFL so far this year. My
1: expectations now are still huge, though. So are mine. That's why. So are mine. That's why. Like he's going to throw for five thousand oh, yards. Not, yeah. Right. No. I'm saying if you eliminate if you eliminate some things that can be fixed, you put yourself in a real position to win a championship.
2: I just don't think it's a lot to ask for him to not throw the ball backwards into the
0: ground again.
1: And that like can ever be, again. That can be fixed. That like that, can, that's my play, thing. Like don't play,
2: that can play, that play, play
0: design would help there too. That can right. be. That that's, can be fixed.
2: And that, but but that that stuff worries me because again. If you do that against the New York Jets when you have a ten point lead or whatever, fine. But you can't do that in Foxboro against Tom Brady in December. You can't do that if you have to go to the LA Coliseum for the NFC Championship game to play the Rams. You can't do it you can't make a play like that then. Because that could potential that one play could potentially cost
1: you. I am far more concerned about Xavier Rhodes' status for this upcoming game than the quarterback. Really? Drew Drew Brees He came back on the field. He came back, but he but according to a Cronin, he couldn't walk off the field basically. Can I
0: can I say well, hold on. I, I one one second. Xavier Rhodes does this all the time. Or he I, makes injuries look way worse than they are. I, he's writhing in pain, and then he comes back in a quarter but he later. Didn't, and he, but
1: he didn't play again.
0: He came back on the field after the injury, didn't he? But he could barely walk.
1: Okay. Okay, guy, I'm concerned weak.
0: about, but the, po- the point the being... He, he definitely embellishes
1: injuries. Okay, but the point being is the Cousins' discussion is fun, and, and it's the sexiest position in sports, so we, we can certainly continue to have it. But you just did a really good job, and it's to your credit. You faced back-to-back rookie quarterbacks and did a, did a fantastic job. You now have Drew Brees. And, Phil, I, I looked this up last night, but in all of 2017 among key players, you lost four man games. Mm-hmm. Griffin missed one. Sandejo missed three. And right now you've got Rhodes banged up. You've got Barr. Joseph didn't play. Griffin, I'm almost certain, won't come back on Sunday. Hughes is out. So, so this defense now is being stretched ultra thin and and you're about to face a Hall of Fame quarterback. So if there is one if there's one thing that I'm very curious about for Sunday, it's mildly cousins, it's far more the status of this defense. Yeah, I mean, but again on the flip side I don't know. I just I just don't know if the
0: vibe should be super negative after they just won three I straight is. games. Well, no, I I mean, everything I you've just been credit. complaining for ten minutes. No, I'm not.
1: I give them complete credit. <laughs> like just complain No, for but 10 this minutes. is a, this is supposed to be a Super Bowl type team. <laughs> Agreed. So you have so Standards you have to, higher. so you have to dissect things. But no, they did listen, they lost to Buffalo and I said, What the hell was that? And then and then they went and lost to the Rams and I said, Well, the Rams are a better team. Yeah. But defensively, that was a bad game. And Zimmer told us all to calm down. And guess what? So far, he's exactly right. So I am extremely positive. And I think what this Saints game does is if you lose, it doesn't kill you at all. If you win, though, it puts you back in a discussion, which after the Buffalo game, I thought might be damn near impossible, which is if you beat the Saints now at home on Sunday night, I think you're now back in the discussion for the top teams in the conference.
0: I agree with that. Actually, so there's one thing One thing you just said that I, I guess another thing that you just said that I want to... Nitpick when we come back about what it takes to beat a team like Drew Brees and the Saints and why the blueprint is different than maybe we think. So let's definitely talk about that. The football hour, it's the football show on a Monday after the Vikings play. But we'll get Matthew Collar in and and uh, in, in the five o'clock hour. And phone lines are open. Are you more worried about the Vikings compared to? What you thought they should be this season, or are you happy that they've righted the ship after a couple shaky games there? Now they've won three games in a row. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. Mackie and Judd are back. Please continue on fifteen hundred ESPN.
2: Alright, let's check on your traffic quickly here, 494 westbound, we have a crash uh, in Richfield, that's between Portland Avenue and Nicolette Avenue, Uh, factor in an extra five minutes on your commute there, and also 35W northbound, we have a crash in Minneapolis between 36th and 35th, Uh, factor in about a two minute delay there due to that crash, and 394 westbound, uh, we have a crash in Minneapolis between Penn and Lake Street. Figure about an extra two minutes there as well.
1: Uh, we we had so many opportunities to put that game away earlier in the game, uh, and didn't do. We didn't take advantage of you know a turnover. I think there was a punt return or something we didn't take. You know there was two or three turnovers that we didn't take advantage of. Uh, they have a good defense. They're very aggressive. Uh, Jamal Adams is you know they're blitzing a lot today uh, to try and take care of some of those things, and um, you know we've got to overcome. Ourselves some on some of those things.
0: Even Mike Zimmer is Mike Zimmer is a little pessimistic. You guys are definitely more pessimistic and at arm's length with what's happened the last couple weeks than I am. I'm not. I'm not sitting here. I'm not. I haven't bought a ten pack of Super Bowl tickets. But sometimes I think it's easy to to hype up the negative aspects of like you watch a game and you think, oh man, those three mistakes. If you do those not accounting for the fact that the other 31 teams are also making mistakes. Tom Brady makes mistakes. Aaron Rodgers makes mistakes. Now, they make fewer mistakes than Kirk Cousins, so the rep, so if if Kirk Cousins is going to make two extra mistakes per game, then the rest of your team had better make up for it. And fortunately for the Vikings, Green Bay's team doesn't. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like Aaron Rodgers is quarterback flawless. quarterback makes up for, yeah. Right. Aaron Rodgers is almost flawless. If you put him with the Vikings roster, yep. the Vikings would be even better, right? They wouldn't have lost to Buffalo, for instance. I don't <laughs> think, anyways.
1: They probably have a Super Bowl. I think that's
0: safe to say, don't you? Oh, the Vikings? Yes. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair to say. But you go up and down. Now, Drew Brees is the only starting quarterback in the league that hasn't thrown a pick yet this year, which is a combination of him being amazing and good fortune. Is he 39 now? Uh yep. yes, he is. Wow! Mm-hmm. but even okay, so Patrick Mahomes now has five interceptions and Jared Goff has right. thrown five interceptions and those two guys have have been maybe the two hottest quarterbacks I, in the league this year. I, I don't think
2: it's the picks though. The picks that that Cousins has thrown, I don't that's not I mean, he's gonna throw picks. It's just the other it's holding the ball too long in the pocket and then backing up towards the goal. Like you just can't you can't those are things you just can't you can't do like you just can't do that and f- whatever that that throwing the ball backwards play just get rid of it just get rid of it I don't ever want to see that play again because every I have time th- they every every time they've done that it just it's it's they've avoided disaster on it but they've just got to stop doing it
1: I think the one thing though that needs to be made clear at least from my standpoint is I give this team a ton of credit and and I give for the second consecutive year, the, the head coach, a lot of that. I still believe that the lessons of 2016 are paying off now because this is the same head coach who in 2016 had a five-win team. They mm-hmm. went They went into a bye. They go to Philadelphia, and they play a clunker. Okay, that happens. He melts down, and you're like, what's that about? And when they lost to Buffalo, he could have gone ape bleep. And when they lost to the Rams, defensively, he could have gone ape bleep again. And in both cases, he said, relax, calm down. We were 2-2 two and two last year, and we won 13 games. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fine. I give this guy a ton of credit because he could be a stuck-in-his-ways, way, curmudgeon, defensive genius who isn't going to change. And if his team doesn't play well, if you lose to Buffalo, you're going to pay the price. For sure. And he didn't do that. And you go to Philadelphia and win and then go and win back-to-back games against not great teams, but you still won. So so to be very clear, I see things that can certainly concern you, but overall, I see an organization right now that is very well run. Well, this is also, I mean, I, nobody
0: has figured out how to stop Adam Thielen yet. So, I mean, he's he's now tied the NFL record for consecutive games of 100-plus of yards receiving. Adam Thielen has over 800 yards receiving, and they're, and they're not even halfway through their schedule yet. This will be the halfway point, and if he goes for another hundred yards, we're talking about nearly a two thousand yard pace for Adam Thielen as a wide receiver. So, I yes, Drew Brees is amazing, and Xavier Rhodes is questionable and or banged up, and Everson Griffin's not playing. So, are you likely to get a shutdown performance defensively? No, but Joe Flacco just threw for three hundred yards on the Saints last this this yeah. what a couple nights ago. Yes, and so. If I'm if I'm New Orleans and I'm looking over there saying, all right, well, they've uh they've upgraded offensively in a lot of ways, and that all of a sudden they have two unguardable wide receivers. And even though their defense is missing some components, they've sort of added one too, and that Daniil Hunter plays for almost every snap, and Daniil Hunter's the best pass rusher in the NFL. And you wouldn't have said that about him necessarily a year ago when these two teams played. So I I, I don't think the blueprint for beating the Saints is play a perfect flawless defense and hold them to ten points. I think this is a first-team-to-30 type of a game, and the Vikings are very much able to win a game like that with Kirk Cousins at quarterback against the Saints. Would I take him over Drew Brees? No, I would not. But I would take the Vikings' defense even banged up over the Saints' defense.
1: And if you lose this game and you beat Detroit and and go into the bye, you're in absolutely fine shape. Hmm. The the only thing about this game that stands out to me is if you win this game and and then especially come back and beat Detroit – Then you go in into the bye into the last two months of the season in the conversation for being one of the best teams in the conference. If you lose this game and you beat Detroit, I think you're still good. I don't think you're in that conversation. And the Vikings might not care. But that's that's the difference with this game is this game. Is since the Rams game, this is going to be the first real test of where are you exactly.
0: It's also worth noting whether they win or lose this game, and like beat Detroit either way. Just get into the get into the bye with have yet to do that at home. By the way, that that should be taken care of here (laughs) in two weeks. But we'll see. Either way, though, once you get past the bye week, and an Everson Griffin maybe comes back on your radar sometime in late November or early December, which we don't know. I'm just I'm speculating. I don't I don't know anything, but. I would think that at some point before the end of the year, Everson Griffin might be back on your team and Xavier Rhodes won't be hobbled if he is this weekend. It's much more important to just set yourself up to get hot in the month of December. Absolutely. When you do get teams like Miami mm-hmm. at home and Chicago with Mitch Trubisky late in the season at home, you should be you should be able to, to take a couple games in December while getting some players back healthy. So I'm not going to put everything on this game on Sunday. I agree with you. It's a really interesting midseason test against a team that's probably going to be there toward the end of the year, right there with you and the Rams, and I don't know if the Eagles want to wake up at some point. Uh, I think the answer to that is no. It's more like just a fun litmus test, as opposed to, if you don't win this game, then you're a pretender. I mean, I let's agree. see how they look in the game.
2: But I'll go back to what I said to Judd last hour, though. If If you can win this game, you're putting yourself in a much better position to where, if you have to see the Saints again in the playoffs, it's probably more likely you'd see him at home again. If you lose this game and you have to face the Saints in the playoffs, you're more than likely having to go down to the Superdome. Yep. And that is almost an impossible place to win on the road. So I yeah, mean I sure. I I I don't think the season is over if you lose this game and I don't think it you know it it just destroys their chances on going on a run, but you can make it a lot easier
1: for yourself if you could win this game on Sunday. That's fair. I think the one, the one thing where, where I think Phil is exactly right, though, is this. This is a league where, to me, the most important thing is when November 1st hits, how do you play from that, then on? Because we get really caught up in preseason hype and, oh, man, they won a big game in October. But those last two months, and, and the Patriots have shown this a thousand times, those last two months are the key months. So if you win this game, it's very nice. I also am not convinced that... He, that Even though it would be advantageous to play playoff games at home, I'm not completely convinced that Zimmer can't come up with a game plan that would surprise a Saints or Rams. Now, the Eagles game last year would say I'm completely wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't know I'm wrong, though.
0: No, I I don't don't know.
1: know. I don't know. If you got everybody basically back for the playoffs, I don't know that this guy, this guy's pretty damn smart. I'm not convinced he couldn't come up with a game plan to at least slow those, slow those teams offensively. And if you do that, that's where Cousins playing a, a really good game comes into play. Because Keenum, previously, I was like, I don't see it there. Right. I could see, I could see this offense: Thielen, Diggs, Cousins, Cook being back in a playoff atmosphere, potentially thriving.
0: Yeah. It's uh this is a this is a defensive mastermind who isn't batting 1,000, again, like the Eagles game, second half against the Saints, but he's given Aaron Rodgers more than he can handle a handful of times in the last five or six years, both with the Bengals and with the Vikings. And so if anyone's going to give Drew Brees a little more than he can bite off, a guy who's having maybe a career season in different categories, who hasn't thrown a pick yet through six games and is completing 77% of his passes, uh, Mike Zimmer would be one of the defensive guys. Bill Belichick would be on that list that could... Put a wrinkle in Drew Brees' season. So six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. What are your thoughts on the Vikings? Are you are you more on the let's see it against the Saints side or okay that this is exactly what uh, you were hoping for with Kirk Cousins so far through seven games? And also we have an update on our dysfunctional Minnesota sports bracket, which we unveiled last Friday. It's Mackie and Judd, Manny Hill from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Just hold your ass right there. On 1500 ESPN. (laughs) Mackie and Judd now continue. Well, here we are again.
1: Yeah. On
0: 1500 ESPN.
2: Join Matthew Collar and Courtney Cronin for a live taping of the Purple Podcast at Lucky's 13 Pub in Roseville, this Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. We'll be giving away a pair of tickets to watch the Purple Take on Detroit and other fabulous 1500 ESPN prizes. Lucky's 13 Pub in Roseville this Thursday from 5 to 7 p.m. Details at 1500ESPN.com keyword events. Dysfunction. Dysfunctional. What's wrong with you? I remember, I remember when I lost my mind.
0: Absolutely. The Minnesota, Minnesota Sports, Sports Dysfunction, dysfunction Bracket. bracket.
2: <laughs>
0: well, the Viking Vikings showing up in our first round voting here, which took place starting Friday all the way through the weekend on our Twitter account at 1500 ESPN. Gentlemen, I've got the first round results here, if you want them. We'll Absolutely. fly through here them here real quick here. Okay, so let's grab some appropriate music. These... Minnesota sports dysfunctional moments have advanced to the second round and there are some hard fought battles here and voting is going on right now for round two we'll wrap this tournament up this week and find out what is the most dysfunctional moment in Minnesota sports history having some fun with our crappy history of Minnesota sports Jimmy Butler eliminated already 41 Donut took Jimmy really? Butler out of the tournament yep. no recency to bias on to that one I thought, well, yeah, I thought there would be a recency bias. So did I. Oh, yeah. Gone, yeah. Uh, Gary Anderson's missed field goal ousted the Gopher Football Insight Bowl blown 30-plus
1: point lead. It makes absolute sense, yes.
0: Creepy Norwood Teague advancing to the second round over the Les Steckel Vikings 3-13 and 13 season. And the Gopher Hoops academic scandal over Justin Morneau and Torrey Hunter throwing down, advancing to the second round. All very fair. Yep. Uh, Nate Poole was not able to knock another team out of the playoffs. And in fact, Nate Poole is gone because the go-for-basketball brawl old school with
1: Ohio State yes. advances to the second Where round. Where do the old people out there like me?
0: <laughs> Love Boat easily over the Fran Foley resume. Uh, let's see here. Da- oh, man. David Kahn picking John Evil, David Kahn, period, advancing to the second round over an, oh, an upset. Over what? Over North Stars moving to Dallas.
1: It ain't so. The mole moves on.
0: Wow, that was a that was a all right tough first round matchup there. Yeah. And then uh, Demetrius Underwood advancing over Michael Oloa Candy getting tased at. The I kind of figured
2: that was going to happen. Yeah. Sure.
0: Yeah. All right. Over to the uh, let's see here. This is the Kevin Love Knuckle push-ups bracket where Kevin Love was bounced in the first round by Randy Moss's return to the Vikings in 2010. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Bilateral leg weakness moving on to the second round over Mike Tice ticket scalping. It had to. The twins the twins
1: have so few on this that they had to get something through. It's true.
0: <laughs> this was a Viking on Viking matchup in the first round. Wizinator falling to the Metrodome roof collapse of 2010. Ooh, that's a tough matchup yeah. right there. It really is. That was a that was, was like a, a buzzer beater. Yeah, that's just a back and forth. It's like when two top schools get the eight-nine matchup, but yeah. they can't Kentucky gets an eight seed or something against whatever. Uh, and the Blair Walsh missed field goal over Percy Harvin throwing a dumbbell at Brad Childress That's in very the fair. weight room. All right, I like that, yeah. uh, let's sure. see here. Brett Favre interception versus the Saints advances over the Gopher wrestling Xanax scandal, which I disagree with. But I mean, Brett Favre was born of to throw picks.
1: I took Favre a Th- Xanax that entire ring? that entire game though, because that also represents twelve men in the huddle. Yeah, the whole the twelve, whole it day. Have been twelve men in the huddle. I
0: guess Should've okay, been
1: the... but that game
2: definitely deserved to move but the on. The golfer wrestling thing was like, that was a left field. Like no, I mean, because the Favre pick. My my contention with the Favre pick was, well, that's just what Brett Favre did. Like Correct. he just he just ended seasons with picks. Like that's just
0: what he did. Hey, maybe that's just what Jay Robinson does.
1: The well, and then didn't the kids, Xanax didn't, underground. Didn't
0: the kids <laughs> okay, take it the Xanax
1: and, and dump it in, in the Mississippi? Did they do that? I think they disposed of, of the Xanax into uh, the Mississippi, yes. So oh, it yeah. was quite the story, but I still think that entire day against the Saints deserves Somebody to be on. check on the fish. <laughs> hey, man, this is great. You got any more? Hey,
0: it's, no. it's Nemo. Dude, you're not Nemo. Yes, it, I am. <laughs>
1: I'll pay whatever it takes to get more of this outstanding Xanax dumped in the river. Do I look
0: like the Little Mermaid to you? No? Okay, man. Uh, let's see here. Gopher football meltdown against Michigan faced off against the Adrian Peterson child abuse scandal. Adrian moving on to the second round there. Another tough matchup. I was a little yes. surprised by that. I yeah. thought Gopher
2: football would win just because it was such a just a second half, just total meltdown that if it goes the other way, it changes the I don't the know that people that still program. care
1: about it. That's Gopher football is so off the map now. I would rather both of those
0: things just go away forever, but <laughs> here we are. Uh, let's see. Joe Smith's under-the-table contract ousting the Gopher football protest from two years ago in the first round. Kind of a no-brainer there, right? Yes, Joe Smith's yeah. contract is set up to go pretty deep in this tournament. <laughs> yes, it is. And then the final first-round matchup between the Gopher football Muffed punt against Wisconsin, facing off against the Vikings, blowing a five and zero start in 2016. The muffed punt moves on. Yes, it should. Round. Good. Good. <laughs> so, so there you have it. And voting continues throughout the week in our Minnesota dysfunctional sports moments bracket. And you can you can fill out your own bracket. You can see the brackets we filled out. That's right. At 1500espn.com.
1: The Love Boat's going to win. I just know it's going to win.
0: Uh, it's, it's definitely the ads on favor.
1: It's just so, it's so, and I, I mean it's in the best way possible. It's so juicy.
0: Well, here are the, <laughs> here are the matchups for the second round. There's, these are some juicy matchups for the second round. All right. 41 donut against the Gary Anderson missed field goal. A couple
2: of NFC, NFC championship games, basically matching up against yes. each other.
0: Those are two titans of Vikings misery right there. Yeah. But only one brought most people to tears. Forty-one donut did early. I think it did
1: in the first five minutes, but then you moved down with or your the life. The Vikings
0: didn't run an offensive play until they were <laughs> yeah. down fourteen
1: to nothing. Hey, Moss was mad that day. They wouldn't let his friends on the field. at giant stadium.
0: Uh, we have creepy Norwood Teague squaring off against the Gopher hoops academic scandal. So we're gonna mm. we're gonna narrow it down here. Get oh. get rid of one of those Gopher scandals. It's a good matchup. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, Vikings love boat squaring off against the Gopher basketball brawl with
1: Ohio State. Even a, I can't defend the brawl. A couple classics. Even I can't. I can't go out on a limb for the brawl now. Uh,
0: this is a. This is going to be a tough one. I think Demetrius Underwood's going to have to be a Cinderella here against David Kahn in the first round. Uh, Randy Moss returning to the Vikings against bilateral leg weakness. That's a 2010-11. That's a great period in Minnesota sports right yeah. there. Would you call it's it like great? a six-month period. <laughs> would you call it? Would you really use the word great? <laughs> uh, the Metrodome roof collapse against Blair Walsh's missed field goal. And uh, we have two more second-round matchups here. Brett Favre's interception against the Saints against Adrian Peterson's child abuse scandal and the Joe Smith contract against the Gophers' muffed punt against Wisconsin of 2005. Those are your second-round matchups.
2: I I like the Joe Smith contract in that matchup.
1: I think, yeah. I think you're right. That is... Okay, so the only question becomes this. Do people eliminate the Twins or do they keep the Twins alive? Because, as I said before, the key to this entire competition... I think the twins are represented once.
0: That's that, yeah. Yeah. It is
1: is amazing for the amount of on field dysfunction and the, the years that the twins had. They really don't figure into the sports scene like the Wolves and Vikings do and the Gophers do.
0: What would be the second? Was there, as you were narrowing the list down from 64 ish to 32, was there another Twins dysfunctional moment to even put oh, on the, this list? besides You had the, Latter- Latter- the,
2: Latter- the Morno Tory fight. That oh, that's That was true. in the first round, okay. but that got bounced out. I'm trying to think if there was another. Uh, oh, well, there was one where uh, Kyle Loesch, like kicked kicked a dent into Gardy's door. Or something oh, he hit him like with a bat. He took a bat yeah. in the yeah. metronome. Okay. That was a good one. Yeah, that didn't quite make the but that's, cut, though.
1: That's 2000 and early 2000s, right? Kyle Loesch? That would have been like 05. 05, yeah. You know what we need. We had, had to have and didn't? We needed Luke Hughes to chase Royce around with a bat. <laughs> or a cricket stick. Yes, back matter. when Luke. Back when Luke. <laughs>
0: with a said, hey, mate, and a boomerang. Hey, mate, what's wrong with your <laughs> colleague? That's what we needed. Luke Hughes to <laughs> don't take the next step. Assume the position. More Mackie and Judd coming up next on 1500 ESPN.
2: What is it you're trying to say?
0: Now, back to Mackie and
2: Judd. What? On 1500 ESPN. ESPN. All right, let's check on your traffic quickly here. 694 eastbound, we have a traffic incident uh, near Fridley. That's between East River Road and uh, University Avenue. Factor in about an extra six minutes there. And uh, 94 eastbound, we have a crash in Maplewood between uh, Highway 61 and 3rd Street. Uh, So be on the lookout for that. That's about an extra two minutes if you're headed that way. And 35W northbound in Minneapolis. Uh, we have a crash that is uh, between 36th and 46th. Uh, Factor in an extra three minutes on your commute there.
1: You know, all over the map. I think there was a lot of positives. Anytime you score 30, what's 37 points on the road, you're doing something right. But there's certainly a lot of places that weren't good enough. And um, when you have a special teams giving you great field position, when you have a defense creating turnovers and getting you the ball back, then it probably makes it look better than it really was. But uh, that's complimentary football. That's team football. And we're so grateful for our defense and special teams the way they played today because it kept giving us opportunities to go back out there and, and score points. Phil Mackey, can you explain yesterday's broadcast to me?
0: <laughs> oh, man. Because Brett <laughs> it, it, it was uncomfortable.
1: Brenneman's like their number three play by play guy for football games. And Chris Spielman's not ordinarily bad. No, It was as if these two were assigned to the game and looked at the assignment and thought, Jets-Vikings? Really? I don't know if I got that vibe, but I definitely felt
0: like Tom Brenneman wasn't on his A game. I mean, there was a couple times where, like one in particular, where he was wondering where Marcus Sherrill's was on a kick return. Unless I'm out to left field here, Marcus Sherrill's is the Vikings' punt returner and then sometimes they'll use him on kick returns. Sometimes they'll use Holton Hill or whatever. Like they'll just Mike Hughes. And he was like, oh, Marcus Sherrill's not out there. And then like, well, he was out there for one. And two, yeah, he's not out there sometimes on kick returns. I'm trying to remember. Was that before or after he called him Marcus Shields?
1: Shields was, yeah, that was after he called him Marcus Shields. <laughs> yeah, it was. I think the Shields one came on, did come on a punt return, right? He called him Shields because I'm like, who's Shields? And Collar, I said it out loud, and Collar's like, "That's Cheryl's. He's talking about it. Oh, okay." But all, but the thing that kept getting me was Brenneman's insistence that somebody must have been telling him th- the wind is not playing a factor in the game, because he kept saying, "If you think the wind isn't playing a major factor in today's game, it's a straw man I, argument." I was like, no. There's forty mile an hour gusts. No, we've seen. Yeah, we've seen Dan Bailey trying to kick the ball pregame and halftime. And the ball's basically going straight ahead and then taking a hard left, a hard right. So we know that the wind is impacting the game.
0: Actually, I'm pretty sure they zoomed in on Mike Zimmer. So Dan Bailey, I'm trying to think here. He missed a kick at one point, right? Because it was the, the the wind. Yeah, he missed a kick at one He missed a field goal. Yes, That's what did. it was. He missed yeah. a field goal. Yep. And we all saw what happened on that short kick that narrowly got inside the goalpost because, boom, it the, the wind pushed it all the way to the right. But I'm pretty sure they zoomed in on Mike Zimmer and he said make the bleep and kick after, oh, after I'm sure the, he did. how how long was the one he missed like 40 I got 43 right yards or something it was wide to the left 42 yards 42 yards I'm with sure for the crosswind that that was gusting up to 40 and and even Dan mm-hmm. Bailey in warmups was like I don't know what what am I supposed to do how are you supposed to kick from out here unless the wind's at your back but if there's one dude who just wouldn't care about that isn't it Mike Zimmer yeah <laughs> mike zimmer
1: i I honestly believe the bane of his football existence is kickers,
0: and Chris
2: Spielman apparently too. Yeah, he, he's there was a point in the, in the broadcast where Spielman was just like, "Well, just make the kicks. Yeah, <laughs> come on, just, just make the kicks. Stop talking about the kicks. Just, just make the kicks." It's like, well, the winds are gusting at forty miles an hour, yeah. Chris. Like it's not that.
1: It's if not you really had a, that simple. If
0: you had a parachute at your back tied to you as a linebacker. And you're trying to chase a tight end or a wide receiver down the field, and someone, hey, just go tackle him, go just, tackle just him, just go get him. I felt bad for for those kickers yesterday. That was
1: one oh, dude with the
0: wind in his back out. made like a 56 yarder. Yeah, so, yeah. But Phil, how about the how
2: about the bit where Spielman's talking about like if he didn't back when he was younger and his dad was coaching him or something like that when if he didn't get 10 tackles in a game, like he wasn't gonna eat that night or something yeah. like
1: that. Like that was just really weird to bring up on a on a. Isn't that a form of ch- child broadcast. abuse? By the way, you didn't get ten tackles, little Chris. You're not going to eat. I don't think that's. Uh, is, I don't think that's really a good thing a for. Weird
0: thing to bring up, man. Like, what oof. do you think Rick Spielman's punishment was? Hey, Rick. If I see you drafting an offensive lineman in that mock draft in rounds one, two, or three, you don't get dinner tonight. Looks like, Okay, have I, the, I, I won't draft an offensive lineman. You want to again. eat tonight?
2: Trade up for a kicker the yeah. <laughs> Have the guts.
1: Have the guts to take a kicker, Rick. <laughs> no, Dad, I don't want to. I hate kickers. You're going to take a kicker. If you don't find a reclamation
0: project from the SEC that went 70% or lower on his kicks as a senior. <laughs> that
1: a guy named Blair Danny. A non-football name, take him.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like Tom Brennaman used to be. wasn't it Joe Buck number one, and then Tom Brennaman would be the one when Joe Buck did World Series games. He, he would fill in, and I hate ripping on guys like that. I mean, he's, he's obviously made a great living from. I remember Tom Brennaman as the WGN Cubs guy in yes. the '90s. Yeah, back in the
1: day. But something, yeah, something was a little bit off about that broadcast. It was yeah, the whole thing was just weird. And and I get it, it was not a great game, but the weird thing to me was it actually impacted how, how I felt about that game as the broadcast continued, because I'm like, these guys really don't seem to care. That's why sometimes it's better
0: to just watch the games on Red Zone. So yeah, you miss some of the meat, but they'll <laughs> let you know what needs to happen, and oftentimes you go,
1: Scott Hansen will just narrate for do, you. Do you, do, during Vikings games, do you ever go there? For, and, co- for commercials? Oh, yeah. all, okay. Oh yeah. You got to be zone. strapped in,
0: though, because you got to know the timing of the commercial breaks, which I believe they're uh, like 90 second commercial breaks in a lot of those spots, two minutes. I was, flip l- over, I was lamenting that.
1: We
2: know Scott Hansen isn't going anywhere. No, I was, he's not.
1: I was, but I was watching that that Vikings game, and I'm thinking to myself, this is the type of game why Red Zone exists. Red Zone's the greatest invention of all time because you don't have to put up with Any of the crap, especially as the game dragged past three o'clock
0: and into 315 into 320. And it was decided the Vikings had the game one and Sam Darnold, the, the Vikings are back on track now against these young rookie quarterbacks. They had the one blip against Josh Allen and then the Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold experiences have been much more in line with what you usually get with a Mike Zimmer defense, but it just kept dragging along until 330. Put a bullet in this game for God's sakes.
2: By the way, back back to back to Brennan. How'd you like to be Brandon Zilstra? Now, I mean in the grand scheme, Brandon Zilstra doesn't give a damn. <laughs> Who cares? But how'd you like to be Brandon Zilstra? You make the first catch of your NFL career, twenty three yards, big catch, big play in the game. And the play-by-play man thinks that you're Adam Thielen,
0: and not only thinks you're Adam Thielen, thinks you've just set an NFL record with your seventh hundred-yard hey. game. And he goes, <laughs> and, and he goes, they were telling the story about how the guy who had the record from the '70s family was in town or something. Oh, the guy from the uh, Oilers. Yeah. Okay, that his like his family was watching the game to see Adam Thielen yes. tie the record. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they had just gotten done with that anecdote with Shannon Spake on the sidelines. And it was good timing if it had been Adam Thielen. It was, it happened to be a white receiver with a number that looked 15 like fifteen and
1: nineteen are incredibly close. All right, well,
0: they, no, they, when you're running, they they do look that way. I don't, but it was the lack of yellow gloves and yellow shoes that should have tipped you off that it wasn't Adam Thielen. <laughs> but he goes, and there is Adam, and and that's the reason why the family shows up if it would have been Adam Thielen that caught that pass. He played it off. <laughs> oh man, that was pretty funny. Yeah, Brandon Zilstra. He's a, uh, I don't know if we're going to call him Adam Thielen 2.0, but if you're looking for somebody somewhat reliable that... Not named Laquan Treadwell? Although Laquan Treadwell has at least caught some passes. He's been a,
1: he's been fine for, I think, not to jinx it, four, three or four games now. Yeah. Another record, I, th- I saw this correctly, I believe,
0: on Twitter, that Stefan Diggs catching eight passes for 33 yards. It's the most catches and the fewest yardage in Vikings history. The Chris Carter once caught eight passes for 45 yards. Yeah. And Stefan Diggs had uh, the eight catches for 33. He might have added another one in there somewhere. But Stefan Diggs is going to wind up catching 90 or 100 passes and might not get to 1,000 yards. 95
2: yeah? catches for like
0: 850 yeah.
2: yards.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna, isn't that pretty much Jarvis Landry's career, though? Where he just, everything he does everything he is for eight yards or nine yards? That might be pretty much, Stefan yeah. Diggs. Uh, Adam Thielen today is now 10 catches clear of the rest of the NFL. Wow. And over 100 yards clear of the rest of the NFL. Michael Thomas has played one fewer game, and he's, I want to say, 12 or 15 catches behind Thielen. And Julio Jones has played one fewer game, and he's like 115 yards behind Thielen. But Thielen has that big of a lead on the field right now. Thielen's going to catch 140 balls this year.
1: But yeah, his but ca- his catches are amazing. He unbelievable. Ca- he, he makes He makes catches he has no business making. That touchdown catch, he had the defender grabs his arm. So he's got one arm and is basically falling, and he catches the ball. Yeah. I will say, in this league now, though, you see, probably per week, four to five catches that are off the charts. You see more guys now make these one-handed, one-arm catches while having an arm pinned. You used to see that, what, once a season?
0: i check the gloves. The gloves all now seem very see like suspicious to Now you see four times, times a weekend. No, stick them on them. Yeah.
1: Hey, yeah. good for them. If they can make those catches <laughs> with stick them, I'm not taking anything away from those yeah, guys. It's like
0: when Major League Baseball changed the baseballs for a couple seasons there and didn't tell anybody, hey, receivers, you can literally put super glow on your hands now. We do not care. Uh, Matthew Collar is going to come in here for the football hour. 651-646-8255. It's Mackie and Judd from the TCO Broadcast Studios. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in
1: a moment. Do I have your word on that, sir?
2: Mackie and Judd.
0: Absolutely. On 1500
2: ESPN.
1: The South Dakota Stories, Volume 3. It was my first time traveling alone. Packed my car with hiking boots, a camera, and my dog Randy. I don't know what I was searching for. Maybe it was something new, with adventure. Maybe it was the idea of vacation I would never expect, filled with wildlife, national parks, rivers. Whatever it was I set out to find, it was all there and more. Because there's so much South Dakota, so
0: little time.